Welcome to the Amazing Stories podcast by Play to Your Strengths. Play to Your Strengths is a Minnesota-based nonprofit that helps people discover their strengths, imagine the possibilities, and write a compelling life story. Our interview today comes from Nancy Shav, principal of Anoka Hennepin Regional and Technical High Schools. We met in Nancy's office, which is a unique space that reflects her heart for students. Instead of an imposing desk and file cabinets, she chose a space filled with meaningful art surrounding a living room setting with a coffee table and eclectic, comfortable chairs. Nancy is a vibrant and compassionate leader with a fun story that I am sure you will enjoy. Let's dive in. My first question is, as a leader, what do you get paid to do? So... This question gives a person pause because as a leader, that um, implies that there's um, a commitment that's internal. And an external commitment, of course, would be that I get paid and, you know, I I can pay my bills, which is wonderful. But to be a leader, that's an internal thing in my mind. And so I really believe it's my job to be the keeper of the vision for my building and my organization. And that I, and then with once I'm the keeper of the vision and convey that to others, our mission is how we do it and how it's implemented. And I have to make sure that that is clear and that I'm able to support people in their work toward the mission and what we do every day. It's like our practice every day. And we have to revisit that because sometimes it doesn't feel like that's correct anymore and we have to you know, look again at the vision, but I have to be the one that is 100% clear on that. Um, and then the other fun part about being the leader in the building is that I get to go out and talk about my program. And <laughs> I love it. And I love my students and I love my community, my teachers. And it's just that part is really fun for me. And I feel like um, when, I, when I do do that outside of my building, that I have the opportunity to touch more students and families that could really benefit from our school. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. And how many years have you been here? 15 years. 15 now. I know. It's crazy. I started when I was 40. So that is, yeah. And I thought, oh, I just stay for a year or two. It was my first admin job. I was an assistant principal. And then I got a job offer the year after the first year. And I thought, oh, I can't be a gadfly and like run around. I have to stay at least two years. Well, then after that, never mind. And, and 15 later. Yeah, and 15 years later, I'm still here. My principal retired, um, I think, nine years ago now, and then I became principal. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. And what are you enjoying most about this position now? Uh, I love to meet different people and hear their stories. And most people come to me because their stories are about school, you know, and their experiences at school, good or bad or whatever they are. And then I... I like to match them with how uh, whatever it is that they need, how we can find a solution for them. And usually I can figure it out within my programs, or if not mine, I know enough other people that we can recommend another space because really parents and students are just seeking, you know, some place that they feel comfortable and they can have success. So I love that part of my job. And then, of course, the last day of the year, well, not the last technical day, but the last day of the school year is graduation. Mm -hmm. 
and that's the fruition of all of that, you know, conversation and planning. And, and I, I just love it because there are students that come in that aren't really here for the love of learning. And I, you know, you have to kind of hold that high <laughs> watch for them. And there are days on a Tuesday or Wednesday where they don't want to go anywhere. I have to remind them I outpicture them in that cap and gown. Mm. And then that day that you see them walk across the stage and I get to meet the whole row of family that's there to celebrate, that's like the best day ever. Yeah, so that's why I love my job. Oh, that's I do love my job. To celebrate, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's great. So I know connectedness is one of your top it strengths. Is. It is. Um, I can't remember the other four right now, or some yeah. of your other top ten or so. But um, <laughs> how have you used those? I've seen your connectedness is really good at bringing inspiration and mm -hmm. pulling people together mm -hmm. as a resource. But talk a little bit more about how that works for you. So within uh, uh, our setting, it's very important for me to have all people included. And so equity is probably the mainstay of how I, how I manifest that connectedness, at least in a school setting. Um, I want all students to come in and have that spark recognized and that we will find it if they forgot what it is and we will help them go with that direction and the, and usually once a person is inspired about their own gifts and talents they they'll just go with it right and then you're just there to support and coach so that's part of it the other part um, the other pieces of my in my strengths finder I have input and input is very important to me in the sense that I collect information and I again I like to connect my students needs family needs with other organizations and things throughout the community and that's been that's been really important in my life and how I've done my profession and I try and be a little avant-garde in my connections so maybe we're gonna partner with another school or maybe we're gonna partner with an organization we wouldn't normally do like a business or a rotary and bring people in to an at-risk school to talk to kids because it's always a surprise for them that our students are really put together they really are students, right? Yeah. And it, that's, a, that's a great thing to do. And then when they see those people in the community, it just reaffirms that they are wonderful and you know, their skills are there and they want to invite them in. And so it's really cool. It's been a, that's been really powerful. I'm also a learner like most teachers. <laughs> and, and so every day, you know, I, I love to learn. There's just nothing, nothing I don't like to learn about. So it's fun. It's really yeah. exciting. I can imagine that input and learner together, they just set you on fire for any topic, any information. Always. That's awesome. And so I have kids that will come in here and, and they may be interested in machining, which I don't know a lot about. Yeah. But, oh, they know about it and I can't wait to do the research with them and talk about it and, you know, set them up with someone. And right now the way our, um, our economy is, especially in Anoka, uh, our students are being hired off the floor at my other wow. campus. In machining with really viable jobs and they're part of the community and, and making enough money that they can actually manifest whatever their dreams are right so it's been it's just so exciting there's just never a dull time <laughs> good good yeah. absolutely that's so fantastic um, so you walk alongside a lot of students and as well as your staff that's part of your role have you had somebody that specifically mentored you over the years or helped mm -hmm. contribute to get you to this position I have had many people who have mentored me, and mostly women, when I think about awesome. it. Women in my family, um, women that had children who had struggles, 
and they were, you know, they were real, and they needed people to listen and be part of the solution. I also was fortunate enough to work with some really powerful women when I started teaching, and they were they were huge influences on me. And I, I may I have made an effort now that I'm older to thank them and tell them that. Uh, I think the the um, two men in my life, one was a minister that I worked with after my son had a, a very big life-changing accident, and we had to do some really reflective work within our family and look at what that meant. And at the time, my son had to finish at an ALC, and, at, and I had no idea that that would ever be anything I'd be led to do, and that really made a difference. And this minister who is now um, who's now transitioned and he's he's left the this place um, was so powerful along with my husband who is a leveler <laughs> and he is a good listener oh, so good. yes so anyway yes a lot of people and uh, there are I'm sure there's mentors out there I'll meet every day because you never know yeah yeah well and you are mentoring so many which is really cool to see the cycle then continue. Thank you, I try. You've had great mentors and then you pass it on and that's what I really like to see. I think that's great. Yeah, thank you. I I really hope I am. uh, I hope I'm open to that. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of why we're here, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What is your personal philosophy of leadership? Okay, hmm. Um, So I think leadership overall is, I I would, uh, I would, identify myself as a servant leader so that I will be alongside whoever is in my organization. I would not ask them to do something I'm not willing to do. And I would never, um, I would never like expect that it's a top-down thing. That's not my style. You can probably see by my office and everything else, that's not really my thing. Um, so I like to empower people and to, and to help them be their own leaders. It only makes your community stronger. Specifically in a school, being a leader is a fine line um, because I am the keeper of the vision and our and what our mission is to help students progress. So we're really student-centered. This is, they're our clients, that's what we do. But it's a fine line to balance in supporting our teachers at the same time because we're an at-risk building and it's stressful mm-hmm. and it can be stressful. So we have to balance that student-centeredness with a teacher support. And so that piece as a leader in a school is a little different okay. than I think a leader in any other kind of business. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah. how much uh, of team building have you done here or what has been your process or maybe the secret sauce to making that yeah. happen? So I, I, I'll be honest, there are years that are, are more productive than others. And when you get new people into the mix, then you have to kind of start again and make sure everyone's included. We have used StrengthsFinder, uh, and we've gone on several retreats with our staff. Every new staff member gets a StrengthsFinder book, and they take the um, they take the test, and then we share that. And we like to have um, at least one or two trainings, you know, extending that, so people can really recognize what other strengths are. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that I've learned the longer I'm in this is that people love their strengths and they really understand them, but not everyone else does. Mm -hmm. And the other piece that's a reflective piece for yourself is that you can work in your balcony in your strength area, but then you can also go to your basement when you're not really manifesting your best self. And that's important for everyone to know. 
And so you can do that in a way that's much uh, more productive. So that's how we do some team building. Um, we try and do some listening and my staff overwhelmingly has requested that we do more enrichment, more fun activities. Mm -hmm. And so we're gonna try and implement that again this year because that's when that whole kind of school stress gets set aside and we get to like play and know each other and laugh and do different things. So yeah, so that's, it's, it's a work in progress all the time though. And you have to be a really good listener because there are times that your organization isn't going to be, you know, always running on the sweet spot. It, it can be stressful. Life is stressful. Working in groups is stressful and working in a school of at-risk youth can be stressful. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure you put time aside to listen and support staff in particular so that they can do their own self-care and we try and we try and do that i i think that that's something that we're always going to work and strive to be better at yeah this is definitely a high action building yeah it's said. very busy it's never dull <laughs> no um and i love what you just said about your your balconies and your basements and yes. being aware of your own and mm -hmm. what does it look like maybe self-care is involved in that to be really working in your sweet spot and also being aware of others um, what does it look like for you for doing those self-care things? Or perhaps where do your dreams and creative ideas come from in that time? So I, I'm going to refer back to connectedness, which I think used to be spirituality. Mm -hmm. And and I'll be very frank about it. I, um, I am driven by the idea that everybody is connected and that you meet people and all things are connected with that spark of the diviner, however people want to interpret that. And so as long as you are open to that and you are striving to recognize that in everyone, then it's, it's really easy to figure out solutions or make plans and that kind of thing. When I am at my um, most perplexed is when I, I'm not connected and I'm not thinking and I tend to be reactive. So my best clarity is when I can be in the quiet. Okay. And then all of a sudden it will come to me. Mm -hmm. Or it may come to me through another person or through another experience. And then all of a sudden I understand that, oh, get, I get it now. And so those are really powerful things because it happens every day all the time if you're willing. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting thing. So connectedness is very important in that. That's how I get inspired. And then of course, networking and meeting people because the, the brain trust of everyone else is amazing. So it's so fun. <laughs> I'm hearing learner and input again. <laughs> oh yeah, are you? I just love it. It's just like, oh. So is, yeah, it's good. And I, I like to talk to people outside of education Okay. Because yeah. I've been, you know, I, I've been in education a long time. I've been a student and, the, you know, I'm 55 years old. So I was a student and then I was a learner and then I went and now I'm still. So here I am. And it's interesting to get a perspective outside in the business world, how they look at things or um, how a separate organization would look at team building or look at how do you make decisions and what is that based on? And so those are really interesting pieces for me because it's hard when you, you know, when you've only been in education, you know, how, to, how can you step outside sometimes to bring in a fresh perspective and make that something that will, will support everybody? Yeah, fantastic. I love hearing that. 
What would you say would be one of the best uh, experiences for a young person if they wanted to become a better leader mm. or be successful in their leadership? I think that um, I think that having exposure to groups, lots of different groups of people and belief systems in a way that is respectful because we are lacking that in a lot of arenas right now and people are intolerant. So in a non-judgmental um, way, if we can mix with each other and understand each other and actually work toward understanding, and then you know if you have those skills, you will be successful no matter where you go. And especially if you have the listening piece, the respectful listening piece. And to hold that while you're, while you're with someone that maybe you don't agree with, and if we can help students learn how to do that and actually listen to the other person, then that makes them human, and that makes us human, and it makes our own position even more strong, right? And you'll be able to do anything. I, I don't care where you work. You could, you could work at Starbucks or you could be the CEO of a company if you have that ability. Yeah, so I really believe that. And then, of course, knowledge. I mean, I'm a learner, so I think everybody should be reading and, you know, experiencing all sorts of things. So, you know, that part, of course. But you have to have that basic tenant that you are open and willing to hear someone else. Are those some of the disciplines that you have had that have also helped in getting you to this level as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I think in, in um, my childhood my dad is an aeronautical engineer, so he's kind of the analytical kind of type, but my mom was a social worker, and it was very, very, very important that, um, you know, I grew up in a middle-class um, home, and white privilege wasn't really known at that time. I, of course, I'm aware of it, and I get it now, and now when I look at how we were raised, it was very important that equity, and uh, we were given this privilege, so you have a responsibility to look at others and how you interact with others and make sure that you're leveling that playing field. And so I'm so grateful because that's something that, you know, maybe I didn't have the, that vocabulary then, but that was instilled in me. Also work ethic, we, you know, we're hard workers and I respect people who work hard. And no matter what your job is, if you bring that to your job and you work hard to show up, you're pleasant and you look at others as a, a great part of your team, then that's such a joyful experience. So yeah, I think that those are pieces that really are probably the, the cornerstone of a lot of it. Yeah, and then of course all the experiences I've had. Yeah. yeah. That actually is a really good segue because I did not prep you for this question. Okay. So feel free to think about it. All right, it's gonna be scary. <laughs> I, did, I did send you this question in advance, but I was curious of all the things that you've experienced and mm -hmm. done so far, What's your next dream? What's the next goal that you have? So there's, I always have something in the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right in my pocket. So right now we are working really hard to invite um, English language learners into my adult campus. And these are people who are new to country and that's always um, not the most popular thing to do right now in um, in our communities in our society and, but these are people who have made the effort for whatever reason to come to this country and work very hard and learn the language and assimilate so my dream is to open my campus and we have done it we're in our third year now and allow um, 
students who maybe are between the ages of 18 and 21 working on their language skills, but also will participate at the college level or the technical level to start a career. And these, um, these are pathways that will open up, you know, all sorts of things for people. Because if you're successful and you have a little money in your pocket, you're going to contribute to the community. Your family's going to be happy. You're going to find your faith place you want to be. And it'll all be, you know, it's, it's all going to line up. So the more opportunities and the bigger our circle is of inclusion, the better it's going to look. So that's my dream. I would like to be able to, you know, have a, a large um, English language population. Yeah at that campus we are we're working on it we have we started with six students and um next year we'll have 48. wow so yeah wow. congratulations yeah, thanks and it's been really successful like in the, so we're not done yeah but it's been successful in the sense that that um we've had students earn up to 18 credits in college or technical the last um last year we have a young man that finished his whole first year of autos and his dream is to own um, an auto shop. And that's what he's doing. And he's an amazing kid. Now, at this campus, it's a very different campus. So this is 10 through 12 traditional. Um, we have noticed an uptick in students with significant mental health and chemical um, needs. Now, they might be dual. So it's hard sometimes. They're not really separate because they kind of come together often. And there are students that are let out of treatment because of insurance or, I don't know, weird reasons. And all of a sudden they land on our doorstep. And, we, and it could be on a Tuesday. And we were so reactive in the last few years to just trying to figure out, whoa, what do you do? And, and these kids are coming out of a highly structured, supportive treatment space into back into a high school. Now, we're smaller than Blaine or the big high schools, but we're still a high school. So we have been trying to create a pilot program that will answer the needs to students who are exiting treatment and that we would create this um, cohort of students coming out that um, they would be supported at at least bookended during the day in the morning at, in the afternoon and then at, and also at lunch where we're checking in helping them transition and many students want to go back to their home high schools but many students stay here so we're trying to be proactive not reactive and in doing that i think that um, we're going to fill a need that hasn't been filled i have not found another school that does that and so we're kind of making it up as we go along right now. Yeah. <laughs> Adaptability is good. <laughs> kind of. So, yeah, I think my staff is adaptable. Yeah, so it has been a – so that's, that's for this campus. That's really where I'd like to go. And Thank you for tuning in to this week's Play to Your Strengths Amazing Stories podcast. Principal Nancy Shav has an inspiring story of making a difference in her community. We hope that you'll join us again as we share more stories from strong leaders. In the meantime, if you'd ever like more information about our programs, you can find us online at playtoyourstrengths.org.